0: It is the Worst Damn Sports Show, period. Today, we're going to be talking about the Broncos, of course, what little is there to say so far, talking about the Rockies, what there is to say so far, and about our Denver sports teams and what favorite jersey we'd like, because we are Denver, and we are the Worst Damn Sports Show, period.
1: It's the Worst Damn Sports Show, period. <laughs> Setting the bar low for sports talk in Denver. Sorry.
0: And we also want to make sure that people know that we're not great at no. what we do, is, uh, we're also missing a person today. So Dubs isn't here. That's a beat. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to go with that. That's... It happened. to, That was improv. Yeah, right that was there. good.
1: I saw the wheels turning. I'm like, where he's going to do something? What is he going to do?
0: <laughs> Beardo is here, so he's got to pick up some slack. And so do I. My name is Steve Burrell, and we're talking about sports. Uh, I mentioned Broncos. Yeah, the uh, camp is on. There is stuff to talk about, even though we're only like a week into it so far. Uh, but we do start with the Rockies. Yeah. yeah, man. We did. We.
1: I don't even know. I don't even know. They're, they're just. It's just so weird how bad they are. Like scrolling through Rockies mentions on Twitter. Feels like Rocky's mentions on Twitter from three years ago, where Mm -hmm. it's just like, we're, we are circling the drain this season. It feels like it's over and we're halfway through it.
0: It's over. Like, and here's how I can scientifically say that is okay, so we start out the season famously like three and 12. Yeah. And then they went on a tear. They've turned that on its head. And that was the mid May conversations we were having, especially with, uh, with, with Dubs, who, can be optimistic and they bring some optimistic angles and he had some good facts to bring about how they could be if they stayed on even a similar line of trajectory trajectory we're talking playoffs maybe beyond you know deep into the playoffs this year for the first time in a long time but instead what they did was they not only petered out but they through another 3 and 12 or at least that I feel like. I don't know what the actual record is in the last like so many games, but it's basically the same way they started. So instead of turning it up, they turned it off and now here we are. I would have to look at the standings exactly wild card wise for sure, but uh 6 or 7 games out, which isn't a instrumental number in itself if you're talking about one team, but you got like 6 or 7 teams in front of you.
1: Well, and that's that's kind of the conversation that we've always had is that the the um the national league was going to be tough it was going to be tough to get into that mm-hmm. and even our division is tough and we weren't going to we i think finally made the ultimate decision a few weeks ago on this podcast that we were never going to catch the dodgers this season
0: never going to catch the dodgers and that was that was decided uh i think mid mid probably early june actually yeah with that one when they right went on that the
1: uh, All-Star, I think.
0: Before that even, like maybe even a month before the All-Star break, they had a, a set with the, the Dodgers. Well, it was a road trip all the way around where they played uh, the Padres, Dodgers, San Francisco. They did pretty well. They might have even swept the, the Padres two out of three, three out of four, whatever it was, went to play the Dodgers. They are 10 games out. You got three games to, like, make something happen. We're either going to come out coming out, this looking pretty strong or, or just done. And they, instead they got swept. Yeah. And I got swept in the most awful ways. Maybe that's it. Maybe that was like the knife in the heart of the Bronco, uh, the Bronco, the Rocky season at that moment. Because if you, those were all three walk-off wins.
1: Yeah. For the, the Dodgers. Yeah. Walk-off home runs, which it's just, it just seems like in those moments, in those big games, our pitching can't come through. And now it just, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe that was really the heart in the pitching staff because that seems to be what the, biggest problem is but there might be a solution to fix
0: it well okay that that is the subject of the tweet of the week which we're getting to right now i should have introduced that before (laughs) all good Uh, And that has to do with something I haven't heard of yet.
1: Yeah, so there's been a lot of rumors swirling around on Twitter. A lot of them fan speculation. Some of them major organization things just being like, well, can the Rockies trade for Charlie Blackman? And there's been a couple of organizations that have said the Rockies are open to the idea of trading Charlie Blackman. A lot of people that have jumped in on this said that they should find a trade partner in the Cincinnati Reds. They're a team that has a lot of deep pitching, um, which seems to be our biggest struggle, although our bats have not been great. They haven't been as good as they were last year. But it seems like we've lost guys like Freeland for some reason. Marquez has been good, but not great. Yeah. Yeah. So, and really the surprise of the pitching of the bullpen for the Rockies has been John Gray. But other than that, Tyler Anderson's bad, Freeland's bad, Marquez isn't great, we lost Ottavino in the mix during uh, free agency, right? so we need some help, and maybe trading Blackman isn't as outrageous of an idea as some people would suggest.
0: Uh, I would suggest it in this way, is that if you're doing something like that, you're raising a huge white flag, not on the season, I mean, we, I think people could be like, fine, we're done with this year, I don't think we're going to accomplish anything, you're definitely doing that, but... For the near future, because you only have Arenado on a short-term basis, and if you if you discuss a face of the franchise right now, it would have to be Charlie Blackman. Even Nolan Arenado may be the better player. The face of the franchise is Charlie Blackman. So you're basically scrapping this era. I think is what you're doing
1: if you lose Charlie Blackman. I I would agree with that. You know, I, w- I was going into this saying that if it, it seems like in free agency and me and you kind of talked about this earlier this morning, but the Rockies have this problem where they've been portrayed as cheapskates a little bit when it comes to spending money. So they went out and they paid Nolan. They paid him $300 million. They've got him on a three-year deal. It's an eight-year contract or whatever, but it's got to out after three years or something like that, however that works. Um, But with this, if they were to trade Charlie Blackman, maybe they can get some of those – those guys that are good to get us to that postseason since he's making $20 million a year. Maybe it gives them a different way to spend that money because they lost LeMahieu for cheap. They for lost.
0: almost nothing. They gave away an all-star second baseman, which they that is a, that's a lacking part of their offense right now. What they did was they gave up. This is like the frustrating part is they gave up proven commodities for almost nothing for... I don't know why the Ottavino thing stands out because I believe he only got a one, maybe two-year deal uh, when he left. He went to the Yankees, right? Yeah, for almost nothing. Like as far as a a reliever, he smoking deal. Yeah, uh, and the same thing with with Lemayhu. He didn't have the he didn't have the All Star season last year, but he's proven himself as a good hitter, uh, especially in the position that he was in. And they gave him up so they can make room for Rodgers is the only thing I could imagine that they were trying to do. They thought they had this yet unproven commodity. So they gave away proven commodities to try unproven commodities, and it really came up to bite him. Stuff they
1: couldn't have predicted was Kyle Freeland falling off whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea how he just went from Cy Young to garbage. Like, that's... It, it's baffling.
0: He went from Cy Young candidacy to getting lit up in the minors. Yeah, and it's AAA. a wild thing. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm going to come out and just say I'm against that
1: idea. I don't know what is what's the rest of his deal like. I guess that would be part of it. Uh, I think we've got him through 2023, and it's like 20, 20 million, 20 million, 20 million, 21 million. Twenty-three million, and then it like drops off at some point.
0: I guess the thing about the cheapskate, not cheapskate thing with the team, because they are spending more money than they used to. For showing they have can shell out money in certain situations, Olin Arenado. But I feel like they also did try to get cheapskate when it came to keeping guys like DJ Lemay, or Ottavino. Like literally huge, like parts of why they were successful last year. To be like, yeah, let's we'll save you a few bucks here. I think we got something left over here, but they didn't. Yeah. I think it was a gamble that didn't pay off. I think it's it, that combination of them not being as good, the rest of their competition getting a little bit better, and what was a pretty tight race all in the national league last year as well. And that makes a big difference. Six games is you know, it's it's six games is significant, but if you think of the stretch they just went through and the stretch at the beginning of the season, they just go a little under five hundred in both of those stretches. They're wildcard leaders right They're now. They're
1: right there. Yeah.
0: So uh you know what it is? It's sad. That's what it is. Do you,
1: do you think that there's anybody if they take Blackman off the table, is there anybody they can trade to get some pitching help? Do you think they need to make a trade? I guess that's the better question.
0: No, like um the pitching is such a weird thing. Like like right now, like why? Like who are they going to get and for what and for and for what reason? Because if you trade Charlie right now, for a proven pitching pitching commodity. You're doing it really for future years. Like you're not going to you're not going to do it this year. No. You are giving up on this year. What's Ian Desmond's? Like I know he has an insane contract for
1: very little production, but
0: do you know what how long it goes for? I
1: don't. I have, okay. I, I don't know that one. And that I mean yeah, that's another mystery. And the problem with Ian Desmond is I don't know that he's productive enough to be a trade.
0: No, no, no. Like, they can't trade him. Yeah, like that's a that's dead weight. Right, like that's yeah. all that is.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was just like. curious,
0: like how long that dead weight is going to be dragging us down because he's got a guaranteed contract too. Like no matter what they do, they got to pay him an insane amount of money for
1: Nothing. a very long time. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. for no production. And that's that. That goes back to our. I think we had a conversation about it last week like who in the locker room for the Rockies is being that guy to be like all right we need to go out there and do something and he has that voice but he doesn't follow through and perhaps in the back of their mind they're like we could go out
0: and trade for someone that's amazing right now what are they going to be like next year like the if you could have traded Charlie Blackman for a guy like Carl Carl Freeland last year you might have done it
1: yeah. Yeah, it's true. And pitching is just it's just so weird. But And there's know. a
0: long history of pitchers coming to Colorado and not doing well, who are studs elsewhere. And I'm thinking of way back to Brett Saberhagen. Yep. To that lefty from Houston, which I can't think of right now. <laughs> 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 think like he still isn't evergreen. Anyway, I think that's what we circled back to. What a bummer. What a bummer. They were here in the middle of July, at late July. It's it's done. I think we can all like mostly agree. You know, hope springs eternal, of course. But
1: yeah, there there was somebody in our building that made the comment the other day that I hope the Rockies are still playing meaningful baseball in September, and I, I it was hard not to laugh. It, it, <laughs> the only the only thing you could fall back to
0: is to twelve years ago when they made it, that twenty game run, yeah, and then made it to the playoffs, made it to the World Series. But that's it. Like, that's the only thing that could really save him at this point is some ridiculous run. Yeah, it'd have to be huge. All right, let's talk about,
1: uh, hey, speaking of hope. <clears throat>
0: Three, Topic one.
1: Uh, more Broncos training camp. We're officially a week into it and we're officially a week out from their very first preseason game. Of the first of five. Yeah. It's crazy. They got the <laughs> Hall of Fame game against the Falcons next week. Uh, of course, the rest of the NFL, a lot of, uh, they're all reporting to training camp today. Uh, I saw all the memes for Tom Brady's entrance. Jalen Ramsey had a wonderful entrance. Did, uh, was
0: it wonderful? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it you're, was.
1: You're right. It, it was it like. Was fun. It, it made fun. It reminded me of Antonio
0: Brown last year, like his helicopter entrance to yeah. training camp. Although, his, if you did not miss it, he rolls up in a money truck. The driver gets out with the bullhorn, starts shouting about
1: something. uh, (laughs) I mean, the short version is he was shouting about how he's the best lockdown corner and he's going to have his own prison cell on Jalen Ramsey Island because he's just a lockdown corner and like all these things. Grand entrance. And I think it's a contract year for It is a kind of he's going to get that money. That was the whole uh, bank truck thing. Yeah, so he opens the doors. There's bank bags. He gets out. He's, you know, making a grand entrance. It was funny. It made me laugh, but it was just like Okay, that was you're making a statement. You
0: prove it. Yeah. Prove it. Like he um, two years ago, he was that guy. Last year, he was not. Even he was good. He was good, um, but he made a big stink about it. every quarterback in the league was terrible. Yeah, last year <laughs> I
1: was last year. I forgot about that. Yeah.
0: So I guess it, whatever. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Like I, I, you kind of want one of those guys on your team. Sure. Sure. As long as he's proven it. As long yeah. as he's get out there and doing like the old Antonio Brown thing. Turned out to not be a great
1: situation for the Steelers. No. But um, prove it. Yeah. yeah. So with with everybody starting training camp, Broncos got that extra week ahead. And now we kind of know. We know what the story is in training camp. And it's been an interesting one from everything I've seen. And unfortunately, I just haven't had the opportunity to get out there yet. I'm hoping to do that, hopefully before next week's podcast. Um, But training camp has been, well, not what we – Wanted to see last week when we talked about it. It's been uh, the big story that I think that I'm taking away from it is Cortland Sutton dropping passes left and right every day. Mm-hmm. There's a new tweet that comes out that says, "Don't worry, folks, Cortland Sutton's still dropping balls." <laughs> it's like, uh, how how did that happen? He was he was the shining light besides philip Lindsay on the offense last year and now you're telling me he's and in training camp it up last year. Yeah. so
0: early on he was the he was the story about we, we got something going on here
1: yeah and we, we like everybody was chopping at the bit for him to play last year but of course he was for half the season he was behind demarius thomas until we traded him to the texans mm-hmm. and then Cortland got his start and it was like oh my gosh maybe this will save the broncos season granted he's still in case keenum as a quarterback so wasn't doing much there but he's got joe flacco he's got a proven commodity that's throwing the ball his way and he's dropping it. Yeah. Well before I go deeper on this, week one. One week. True. <laughs> we
0: have one week there. That said, I've heard nothing but like mediocre, to terrible reviews with the uh the offense. Defense pretty good. Yeah. But it's hard to say. Is the offense so bad because the defense is so good? Or does the defense look so good because is the, the offense is so, is so bad? Um, I think there may be a little bit of both, because you do have a very good defense. Yeah. Speaking of proven commodities, you got Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb coming at you on either side.
1: Derek Wolfe.
0: Uh, Derek Wolfe is the Chris Um Chris Harris. Everyone's out there a very good team, although they did lose Todd Davis, at least temporarily, which is a shame, because if they're weak anywhere, it's an inside linebacker, and he was like the guy they pointed to when they yeah. passed on Devin Bush. They were like,
1: yeah, we got yeah, Todd, he'll do it, and then yeah. now he's... It'll be interesting to see the Todd Davis situation because he's supposed to be ready by game one of the regular season, is what they're saying.
0: Jeez, I didn't even know it was going to be that long. I thought it was just like a minor little thing. Like he maybe. he
1: tore he so he had a partial tear in his calf. I think with the injury.
0: That's yeah.
1: So um,
0: that's terrible, actually. Yeah, yeah it's that's a not soft
1: fine. tissue injury tear that.
0: Uh, ask Kevin Durant about that.
1: Ooh yeah. yeah.
0: So those are those are the things that can occur and turn
1: into much bigger injuries
0: yeah um i just think of kevin durant's achilles snapping like a rubber band (laughs) the slow motion swing whenever i think yeah "Uh." fortunately this wasn't that (laughs) no but you think about stuff like that you're like oh these are like these stupid little injuries that seem like a minor thing that could end up being a much bigger deal even if even if that doesn't happen can flare up yeah, throughout the season.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be painful, and it sets him back in training camp. You know, he's he's out now, and he's basically. yeah
0: in a new scheme defense. Yeah. yeah, he needs to be out there taking reps. Um, back to the offensive side of the ball, Joe Flacco is not impressed. Nope, from what I hear, um, Drew Locke is not impressed. But whatever, rookie. The, the only person that has um, impressed, but in a this guy make the might make the practice squad kind of way is is ripping. Yeah. Who's been out there, so but that's the thing. He's not like he's lighting the world on fire. They're like, Yeah, this guy might actually make the cut, like over Kevin Hogan to be on the practice squad. Like, that's it. Um, Philip Lindsay, I've heard looks good
1: from uh, like reports. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Okay, I haven't he, heard that name yet. He has been the one that uh, he's he's had some big moments, um, some definite good moves. The biggest name from the receiving core though is Juwan Winfrey. Oh. who was a practice squad guy last year but i i think i watched um i watched one of Ryan Green from CBS his vlogs and almost everyone he talked to one day was just like Jawan Winfrey won the day Jawan Winfrey the defense as a as a team won the day but Jawan Winfrey was the guy who stood out and it's just like what Fascinating. Where, where did this guy come yeah. from? Because we had Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. I heard Brandon Langley's name come up a couple of times. That's one that I that is a name that I wanted to hear more, just to see how he was doing now as a wide receiver, yeah, converted cornerback, yeah, cornerback. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. He was like a third round draft pick corner. Yeah, like we thought he was going to be the guy a few years ago, and he didn't do great, so we went and drafted Isaac Yitem last year.
0: Yes, and so there, there we are with like the idea that maybe where we are it such talk 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 and i think that's all we get though right now until they actually play a game and not even the hall of fame game like we're going to see next week that is that is do you think any starters will play that game
1: Ooh, uh, one like series. a series yeah one it, series maybe if any if they, any of them play it's a series and the rest is
0: meat for the grinder that's like just get in there and just beat yourselves up and try to see prove that you can be on this team and So they, I guess the Hall of Fame game and the last preseason game are going to be almost no starters, just a bunch of guys that are probably going to get cut unless they really set the world on
1: fire. Or unless the rest of training camp is still going kind of as bad as it sounded. <laughs> then then we might see some starters in there for longer than we anticipate because we do have five games. Maybe games two through three it, or two through uh, four, it's hey, guys, starters get a half because we got to figure this out.
0: (sighs) But uh, the risk of injury is always such a stupid thing. But at the same time, you're right. And I'm – maybe it's just my (laughs) mood today. And maybe it's the whole, like, the Rockies (laughs) thing too. But I feel like I am – we are caught in a Groundhog's Day of the same stuff that's being talked about every year. But it's that nobody knows. That's the thing is there's always these positive, like, yeah, yeah, this looks great. Uh, And this doesn't, but nobody really knows right now. You can only kind of just watch to see what unfolds
1: and hope everyone stays healthy. I've been having the mindset with training camp where last year it was a little bit opposite. We were hearing about how great the offense looked, how amazing Case Keenum was with dropping plays to Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders and all of these guys. And this year, with us sounding bad on the offense, I'm trying to take the optimistic approach like, okay. And they're bad at practice. <laughs> they're bad at practice. We get into a game. They're maybe they'll be good, and then all of a sudden we're just going to have this amazing season. Yes, it's be awesome. By,
0: by all reports, <laughs> Case Keenum was dropping dimes last year.
1: Yeah, he was. He was the real deal. He was. <laughs> <laughs> he was throwing them for fifty yards over coverage. Cortland Sutton was jumping up over guys using that big six four frame, yeah. to just muscle people out and one hand catch them in the end zone. So and this year nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah, so. Cortland Sutton's dropping balls. Joe Flacco is meh and we've got no backup to him because Drew Locke is a rookie and can't figure it out. So maybe yeah. after preseason it's just all of a sudden like, all right, guys, we had that extra week. We figured it out. Let's do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have heard predictions for this team from other talking heads within without the, like this local community, but all Denver Denver with Denver in mind. From two and fourteen to 12 and 4. Actually, someone made the thing just be like, yeah, they've improved here and here and here, and I think they'll do a little bit better this year. Prediction 12 and 4. What? A little, a
1: little, bit, little better. bit better. That's an outstanding
0: <laughs> year. That's a, that's about as good as it gets.
1: Yeah, that's an outstanding improvement from 5 and 11 no, last pretty, year. <laughs> I bet the
0: New England Patriots would be happy with 12 and 4. They'd be like, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and then not, I wonder what they're going to be like this year. Not to get distracted. Um, so, with that in mind, what say you? For a record this year,
1: Uh, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to go six and ten. And the reason I say that is because I've watched some of the guys who we've worked with in this building, who I think are really good at predicting and being very upfront with what the Broncos look like now. Andrew Mason was tweeting out with somebody the other day. He's like, "Look, man, they could be a ten-win team realistically." I think they're a 6 win team. I think they're going to go 6 and 10. I think that they're going to have another high draft pick next year. They're going to miss the playoffs again. It's unfortunate, but just watching what I see out there, I think they're slightly improved, but not enough to make it. I agree. I think you know that number s- speaks
0: to me as well. Right?
1: Like it just it just feels like that's an honest prediction. After
0: all of the free agencies, um, after everything happened free agency wise, um, and the Broncos did less to impress than a lot of other teams out there, my initial gut reaction was last in the West. And that might be it. Now, they might be battling it out with the Raiders yeah. to be the last in the West, but I don't see them having a better record than the Chiefs or the Chargers. And I think that, yeah, I, I think the Raiders are going to prove somewhat. But well, I still
1: don't think they're a good team. Yeah, they they made some surprising draft picks, so it might de- depend on where Gruden is going to insert those guys. Because I feel like the way they drafted was very much a "Hey, we want guys that can play now, not guys that are going to develop over time." Even then, I just I feel like either <clears throat> either Gruden's a genius or he's just he's lost so it. far
0: lost in the game. And I would like recent history points to the latter on something like that. But he's he doesn't matter to him. He's nope. got nine more years to figure it out.
1: Yeah, and yeah. a guaranteed, guaranteed. hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> like, Raiders. What? <laughs> they also went and got Antonio Brown. So you know they, they got knows? Antonio
0: Brown. I don't understand like after that. losing
1: Amari Cooper.
0: <laughs> after trading away Amari Cooper, yeah. like I don't. I mean, he's a better. He's better. Antonio Brown's way better than, yes. than Amari
1: Cooper. But. But is he that? I, don't I mean, know. is, like, is that, that what you needed? Is that right.
0: what that team needed? I.
1: I don't think they needed the drama of Antonio Brown. No, no I think that's just the thing. It's like you're an
0: amazing player. Sure, who wouldn't want that? But he's also, I don't think the Raiders are the right fit for him because I think they're going to be a losing team, and I think he's going to be pissed. He's going to be he's going to let people know that he's not unhappy. Yeah, hmm. well, yeah. We'll find out. Right now, let's do this. Hey, let's brighten the mood around here <laughs> with this sexy, porny music that we use to uh, talk about something that we want to lay it on thick to something one way or another. Something that we love made us feel happy i don't know if that works mine exactly but uh, i'll let you start
1: uh i'm gonna lay it on thick for a guy that i briefly mentioned and that is ryan green of cbs4 if you have not followed what this guy does when he goes to these sporting events you really need to give him a follow either on facebook or on twitter but he does these daily vlogs for these events and it really gives you A different perspective of How these sports organizations work because He's filming practices he's interacting with People it interjects some humor into it He's got other media people in him And he's been doing them every day for training Camp where the guy is just Brilliant at the footage he Captures he, he I was watching this play um, It was a pass from Flacco to a younger Receiver and the footwork On this kid was amazing but the way that Ryan captured it, I'm like, holy, holy shit! Why are you not doing like breakdown scouting footage for the NFL, man? Like this is this is some top quality sports footage. So shout out to Ryan Green from CBS4. He does an amazing job.
0: Nice. Uh, you know, I was going to, and I still will. I'll do. I'll lay it on thick real quick for Rutger Hauer, who, who? Uh, died yesterday at I think he was seventy five. Seventy five, man. So from Blade Runner or. Blade Runner is always going to put out there. My favorite is the one that comes in second on this whole time, The Hitcher. Have you ever watched the original Hitcher? No, not the can't remake. Say that, I have. that the original Hitcher is so baller horror movie, awesome. Like it's not, you know, it's not like a Friday the Thirteenth or any really like these movies are kind of around at the same time. It isn't suspense, and it, it's super freaky. And so everyone should just take a minute and go watch The Hitcher a little bit later on today. When did that remake come out? <laughs> Recently in the last within the last decade. And it wasn't good. No. No, I watched part of it and it was like it didn't catch anything. Alright, I'll lean on this for a second. I'm I'm gonna stay with Rucker Howard. And I'll lay it on tip with the Hitcher. Like, <laughs> the Hitcher is about a dude that is He's he's driving a car from dealership to dealership, and like apparently in the eighties, something you can do like he, he to get from play, point A to point B. His idea was he was going to transport a car, and so he's doing that. Picks up picks up picks up a hitchhiker who tries to kill him, but he imagines. Ima- uh, ima- Manages to escape, and the hitchhiker continues to pursue him on the road to try to kill him and like kills all these other people in his wake and, like along the way. And it's like super 80s, freaky, no cell phone, you know, kind of like on the run like, from Hitchhiker <laughs> kind of movie, which sounds like far out there. But Rucker howard makes you believe that this
1: guy's gonna get you. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was a brilliant actor, he was also always a really good bad guy. Rucker yeah. Howard played like the ultimate bad guy.
0: He was a, he was a very good character actor. Yeah. that had that combination of like. Like good looks, acting skills that just like sucked you into like whatever he was doing. Some swagger,
1: yeah. some like real swagger to him. It's like, oh, okay, what's Rucker Howard doing? And his name
0: is Rucker Howard. Yeah, yeah like that's a
1: badass name. <laughs> I <know. laughs> if I could choose my radio name all over again, I'll go <laughs> Rucker. <with>
0: Rucker. <laughs> all right, so yeah, that's it. Rucker Howard laid on thick for you. I'll, I'll I'll show you this video later. Maybe I'll hang it on for another time. Right now, let's move on to this. <laughs> Second topic.
1: This was something that we tweeted about um at the worst damn uh, Twitter account last week and it really got me thinking. Like it was one of those um the the random Twitter guy tweeted out a photo of the Broncos brown and yellow like pinstripe uniform but it was Sports Nation that tweeted the question if your team, your favorite team could wear one uniform just for the rest of their time any game that they play it's this one uniform which one would it be and i figured it'd be kind of fun to take that idea apply it to all four of or the big four sports teams for denver and talk about our favorite uniforms yeah
0: i'm glad you said the big four because yeah i wouldn't be able to know any of the other a lot of the other uniforms
1: (laughs) yeah the mammoth have an all black one the outlaws have a orange one with like barbed wire on it so like those just don't have like iconic standouts, but I feel like the big four definitely do because those are the ones that have also changed the most since they've been around the longest, mm-hmm. and there's some contention among people when they make those changes. So I, I was like, hmm, this is an interesting question. Should we start with the Denver Broncos? Might as well. Um, we'll go one at a time, so why don't you start? Uh, my favorite uniform combination is... Is, and it's something that somebody has brought up with the Color Rush uniforms this Ooh, year. Okay. Wha- or with the last few years when they went all orange, was taking the Color Rush top, white pants, and the old Denver D. I think that would look so sharp. And if we had to stick with one uniform for the Broncos for the rest of their playing career, you got the orange, you got the blue on the helmet, you could even do the navy blue helmet with the Denver D and the white pants. It's just kind of that iconic, very clean look for the Broncos that they used to have um, with that Denver D right. and the orange combination. They never went all orange until the color rush, and orange pants just looks weird. So the, color <laughs> ru- the color rush uniforms as a whole look odd.
0: Yeah, indeed, but that's kind of the whole point, right? Is to give you some like shock to the system with their, their it's color true. rush, that, yeah. So and to get people to buy stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's I what own what a color about, rush yeah. Von Miller jersey, so.
0: <laughs> so uh, while I agree with that, I do like the Denver D. Like that's always been my favorite of the the helmet designs. If I were to pick one uniform that they would wear forever, I would revert to the uh, the first year that they actually changed their uniforms in the 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 nineties. The late like, 90s. Yeah, I think it was to right the, before the Super Bowls, right? Right before the Super Bowls because that was the first year. The first year that they won their Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl in the dark blue version of that one. And if, if you look at those uniforms, for, first, the reason I would pick that is for that reason alone. Like that was the uniform that won them the Super Bowl. So just and go so back just to go superstition. If they, won the, <laughs> they won in the white the next year. I don't care about that. I don't want the white one. I want the dark blue that they won the Super Bowl in, the John Elway getting helicoptered through the air, that uniform is what I want. Even though something that you'll notice about it that someone pointed out um to me, so Nike designed those uniforms and I believe they were kind of like forbidden to like logo it up. Mm. If you look at the uniform, there are all these um What am I trying to say? Subliminal Nikes throughout the uniform, including the nostril on the horse, the way the horse has twisted his body like in the air on certain parts of it, when the offensive line would crouch down into their positions, the stripe on the pants made a subliminal Nike swoosh (laughs) as well all along the offensive line. And so... That, its own little brilliance, is like, yeah, that's pretty slick. <laughs> I,
1: like, didn't, uh, I guess I didn't realize that Nike designed those uniforms. Because I know they had the Reebok thing. They had the starter thing. for Like, starter was the yes. uniform forever. But that's interesting.
0: <laughs> uh, I could be passing on... Um, yeah, you know, misinformation, but I don't think so. I think that's, like, entirely the case. Because uh, I will pull it up, and you can see the, the actual images yourself and be like, wow. Just like, it's like playing that game where you, like, circle all the eights, you know, it's hidden <laughs> yeah. in this picture. It's like, find all the Nike find shoes all and the Nike there's school. a bunch. Okay. So yeah. All right, so Steve would
1: go blue, I would go orange. I still like the orange, boy, you know, but... So, would you keep? Let me ask you this: Would you keep the if you are going back to the uniforms, the blue uniforms from the the first Super Bowl? Yeah. Would you keep the new logo? Yeah, it would have to all be the Just same. All be
0: the same, obviously. And it, it, orange is close to my heart because it is the color of the Broncos and the orange crush and like the whole thing. You know, orange is, is an aspect of what the Broncos are a big part of it. Orange is also one of those strange colors mentally for humans. He, they, it inspires. Mixed feelings or, or um, uneasy feelings. And, and I know there's – here's a here's a good example is – so my wife um, works for the National Kidney Foundation. Yes. And she's a nonprofit. She's the executive director. And orange is their color. Orange is their thing. And so they had this event every year, like several events, but one of them was a big gala. And their whole thing was going to be orange, you know, like just blow this place up with orange. Like when you walk in and she had a, a, like a, a designer – Go with and she's like no like like <laughs> orange is orange promotes feelings of discomfort like that in large amounts and so if you blow this place up with orange it's going to subliminally like make people uneasy like that? so they turned it to a splash of orange is what they the theme was and so it's like all these other different colors but you were supposed to wear an orange thing hmm. to it and it, it's going to stuck with me and it's like if the color is a big deal like when it comes to just your environment. Like I remember I was looking at a house one time and it like all the walls had been painted some crazy color. Right?
1: Yeah. And uh, I looked at a house like that when I was trying to buy my place and it, the, each wall was a different color. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is going
0: on here? And not like good colors, <laughs> no. like orange and yellow and, and this, you know, baby blue kind of thing. And so I remember being in that house while it was getting painted and the, the, the it got painted to kind of like this sheet gray kind of like color. So it's just a very calm color. And that alone, just like seeing part of it, like you could see the room partially, partially and see it kind of half painted. It's like, uh, and then you look and just see just the, the gray part. And you're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whew, such a big difference. <laughs> Feels good. So yeah. That, so no orange sound. for Steve. No, not, not no orange. A splash of black. With a Nike swoosh. Yeah, <laughs> subliminal Nike swoosh. Okay. Uh, what's what's next? Uh, let's I'll go do, first on the next one. Let's do the Rockies. Rockies, I would go for the black sleeveless
1: uniforms. Ooh, like those for. are sharp, man. Yeah. those um, are tough to beat.
0: The black with the the outlined in purple, like the dark purple, and of course they're not. And then out, like actually out there, their biceps, but you know they have the the sleeve cut off of the jersey and then the under shirt beneath
1: it. I like that one. Did you see, just to change subject real yeah. quick, did you see the baseball team that went completely sleeveless with no, like, undersleeves? No. They, there was a game where it was just, like, hot, and they were just all rocking biceps. Was I'm it like, minorly? I, it might have been. Okay. I, I <laughs> can't remember who it was, but I was just like, what what is going on? If the Rockies did that, that'd be kind of interesting. You just see yeah. Charlie Blackman flexing in those sleeveless jerseys. He's got
0: the farmer's hands yeah. out there. They all would, <laughs> yeah, they, too. Absolutely. None of those guys are hanging on a beach. That's what they're doing every day is wearing their their sleeves in the sun yeah oh that would actually be pretty funny do yeah that, do that in
1: august just sleeveless <laughs> sleeveless jerseys for the sleeve's rockies got the
0: horrible like <laughs> wizard tattoo yeah. that should have been removed a long time ago <laughs> Yeah. oh my yeah. gosh that would be, be great actually yeah i would love to oh, you know what they need to do something for the fans and i think that should be it this year
1: let's just tweet to the rockies hey rockies we got this idea (laughs) talked about it on our podcast this week straight sleeveless no undershirts just you know (laughs) let the the arm hair hang out like (laughs) you just you just do your thing out there (laughs) so what do you think i'd i'd go classic purple with the the white pants like, oh. Not the pinstripes, just the the white pants, classic purple. Um, I actually have a purple jersey. I think that's why I'm partial to it because okay. it's always been one of those that – it stands out for a lot of people. It's one of those colors that it's just for some reason you see dudes wearing it. It's just like, oh, that's different. That looks that looks awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the classic purple. I think it fits. You know, the the, the Rockies theme. When I think of the Colorado Rockies, I think of the the purple landscape sunsets, the Columbines, the the snow capped mountains. So I think it's just always fit. Nice. Yeah. Uh. Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets is the one that I struggled with the most when I was thinking about this topic because there's part of me that says, let's just go back to that classic digital 80s rainbow skyline.
0: Okay, rainbow skyline.
1: Because it was just such an iconic thing. I remember it from my childhood. And as a kid, you're looking at this design going, what the hell is this? (laughs) Oh, it's the Denver skyline. Now they updated it this year. With that new version, the white jerseys mm-hmm. with the newer skyline, it's got the updated buildings to it, and it's always looked sharp. It's the Denver Nuggets. You automatically think Denver when you see that skyline incorporated in it. They're the only team to do that. Yeah, um, talking about the rainbow one. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. The new rainbow jerseys yeah. are, are what I'm talking about. I just wasn't a fan of the white version of it. Okay. Which is what made me like go back and forth on this because I don't think you could pull off the rainbow skyline on a yellow backdrop or a navy blue backdrop. So for me, it's like, let's go back to that. The the like eighties pixelated one with all the different colors yep. and had that, that kind of stood out. I had that pennant yeah. in my room. <laughs> I had a Matumbo jersey when I was a kid, like just a little kid. Matumbo with the with the skyline.
0: Yeah, I did like that one. That was actually my first reaction to it because thinking in again, again of the my pennant that used to have hanging in my room that had that same skyline. And obviously they thought so too because they went back to it this year in a way. But also in this year they have all like the different versions of it, which I really like. Great marketing. Yeah. Totally. And of those new versions my favorite is the um, simple, uh, s- kind of like a slate blue color that says Mile High City because mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's pretty neat, and it's neat because it is our city, um, city's logo. Unlike some of the others that I've seen too, like uh, like Portland's Rip City, yeah, Rip City is like your basketball like thing, but Mile High City is our city,
1: yeah, and it looks pretty cool.
0: Well. I mean, I think anytime you could represent something like that, I think that that is a symbol of pride for the city like we're the mile high city yeah we're mile high nobody else is and so i do like it and plus i do like that simplistic design
1: yeah well and it's always fun i mean the nuggets had so many bad years especially in like the 80s and 90s there for a while. But the one thing is like the, the people still rallied around that team because there was that sense of pride. And I think anytime that you incorporate Mile High City, the Denver skyline into a sports organization logo, it's like, all right, like this is something I would wear every day out of season for you guys just because it does feel like I'm just taking pride in, in my town yeah. at that point. I like it as well. So uh,
0: finally, <laughs> Avalanche. And I'll start on this one because I although I am first, my first thoughts are back to the 1995 jerseys when uh when they had just gotten here from Winnipeg and had their brand new jersey. <laughs> 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 inside joke people yeah i was wondering uh, if you're going to
1: make that joke today <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: but you know what i really like are the new versions that have like they've kind of incorporated the the almost awful colorado logo with the triangle and oh, C. Yeah. it's not green you know they keep it in their avalanche colors but it's the triangle on the front that has the c logo i always like the the c logo actually is is uh, one i've been a favorite of in general just like on our flag or anywhere and i think that's popular everywhere you'd be surprised how many colorado flag things are for sale in other states
1: yeah it's silly
0: yeah i went to florida a couple of years ago went into a random t-shirt shop colorado flag hats I'm like but, okay yeah <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it wasn't like that all 50 states out it there just it was Colorado. just us. yeah yeah and you'll see that everywhere so i think it's a cool design works good on the uniforms
1: You're, so you are you just talking just the sea
0: just the sea yeah i'm looking at it right now Let's that was the, that, the, that
1: was the stadium series jersey i think
0: is that what it was yeah yeah, okay. yeah i think oh, so there you go
1: yeah um i like that sea but i liked the mountain in the background cuz the sea incorporated the um, stadium series jersey with the old Rockies logo, which was okay. our like first hockey team. It just had the mountain with that kind of oh. I- iconic view. So when they did that alternate blue jersey that they have this year, or I guess they started a couple of years ago, but it's just it's a it's one mountain with the sea in front of it. But my favorite jersey for the Avs, if I had to choose one, going back to when the team first came here, the iconic just burgundy jersey. Yeah. The the those that was my things, first thought. Yeah, those yeah. things were sharp. And I struggled with this one too, because there was a alternate version jersey that was burgundy, but it had the the lace up and it just said Colorado or Avalanche. I can't remember which one right across. And I've looked for this jersey oh. everywhere. Because I it's it was an alternate, so they didn't make it anywhere. But if I find one, I'm definitely buying it. But I just think the classic burgundy is is Burgundy is one of those colors that you just don't see often. You see shades of red. Right. You see, you know, the the, the pinks, the higher, the uh, kind of lighter colors, but the burgundy is just kind of one of those like classic fall colors, winter colors that you see out there, cooler color, and it fits with hockey. Indeed. Yeah, and out of all of our teams, I do think we got some pretty cool colors. We do. Yeah, like our our color scheme people, whoever they hire to make those decisions, did right. They, they, they picked them right. And with those classic jerseys for the Avs, just going back to this for a second, I want to bring back the Yeti foot the yeti foot yeah <laughs> the yeti howler. foot on the shoulder was is it howler was, uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't want to bring back howler oh, no. and i don't yeah. want to bring back howler i like bernie he's just fine but let's bring back the yeti foot on the shoulder it was just a cool patch to see out and there. again
0: good memories because that was our championship like, yep. that's where we won was with those maybe that needs to happen again
1: yeah i think we should bring it back Alright, let's wrap it up.
0: We're on the worst day of sports show period. We talk about exactly that, something that was the worst in our week one way or another. We came across sports or otherwise and I would uh I would like to jump off. Yeah, go for it. My worst is Adrian Peterson. <laughs> I, I was. I'm glad there's two of us here. I was hoping somebody was going to talk about this because I have no sympathy for this. And they, like I'm, I'm, am feeling it differently. I, I see other opinions out there, and I am a person that's very open to other opinions and different ideas and angles for, for what you might have to say. But Adrian Peterson earned over 100 million dollars in his career, is deep in debt, mm-hmm. like to the tune of like five million dollars. A five million dollar loan that he acquired to pay off other debt because he was in debt. And so not only did he take on a loan to pay off his debt, then he blew through the rest of that money as well. And I don't know if he's going to make it back because how many years this dude got on his career left? I mean...
1: Is he even with a team this year?
0: He's with the Redskins. He's... uh, he's you know, competing for the starting uh, against Darius Geis, who is the rookie last year. He blew his ACL. So mm-hmm. he was supposed mm-hmm. to be the hot young thing. He, he was the first round pick. So he's got his work cut out for him. And even if he makes the team, how much is he going to make? A million? Two million? I'm thinking, I mean, yeah. sure, big Veterans money. Minimum. Big <laughs> money. Like, right. But it's not going to cover his debt. He will retire penniless, basically, after all this. I mean, of course, he has all his assets and things. And, and so the, the, the argument to feel sorry for him is like, hey, listen, these guys come into a ton of money. They've never had it in their whole life. They don't know how to handle it. They trust the wrong people. He's not new. Like, he didn't just get here and get hurt and, like, have this thing. No. He's been a player for a long time, making a lot of money for a long time. You are a grown-ass man when it comes to making these decisions for yourself. You got, there was just some responsibility there. And so that's, I think, part of the problem is we get hung up feeling sorry for millionaires who make bad decisions and like lose all their money. I don't. It actually makes me a little bit mad to see this happen where you're just like, you've been given this like opportunity to squander it. You just like blow it. And of course you, anyway, however it turns out, what a sad situation, So yeah. Adrian Peterson and your
1: situation. You're the worst. Did you see the? There was a tweet that came out this morning that said something about what contributed to part of Adrian Peterson's debt, and I thought you were going to bring this up. Oh no, what? Uh, there he threw a thirtieth birthday party, which is where he took out a loan for. Okay. To bring in camels zebras a whole petting zoo he had hundreds of guests he had it privately catered he had all of this alcohol and all of these flashy things for his 30th birthday party the dude threw a sweet 16 birthday <laughs> for his 30th, uh-huh. 30th birthday, birthday party. party and blew all this money and he took out a loan to do it and went into debt yeah to do it for a 30th birthday party <laughs>
0: so again grown-ass man <laughs> yeah. Out here making terrible decisions, I can't feel sorry for that.
1: Like I can't. Yeah, no, I don't. So. I don't either. When I saw that, I was just like, you, what, the, "What the hell? How? How did you know what I did for my thirtieth? I got drunk in a bar with some friends. Man, it was real cheap and simple and easy." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and that's all right. So, and I do get the idea, and this happens to a lot of players that come out of. That's why I always thought that if you're not going to pay the players in college, you should at least let them major in their sport. And part of the part of the major included the classes to um how do sports contracts work how does money management work like things like that and then so that way they at least have some type of some type of ammo coming into this that can help them deal with like all this sudden onset of fame you know money whatever it might be um but this isn't that situation he didn't come in get paid a ton of money and then get injured and like now what do i do right kind of thing. no he's been playing for a very long time at a high level Getting different contracts, he should have figured it out by now.
1: Yeah, all yeah, right, that's he, needs, it. he needs to watch the show Ballers. Yeah, there <laughs> you go. Uh, my worst this week is a guy that I think probably one of us or all of us has mentioned at some point because he's on Twitter. He's a uh, accredited sports analyst, broadcaster, writer. For some reason, he just has really bad takes on Twitter, and that is Darren Rovell. He tweeted out this morning a photo of the passes that the players get for training camp for the Houston Texans featured a uh, picture of JJ Watt. It's JJ Watt's training camp pass. And JJ Watt looks pissed. He looks angry. It's a it's a very stoic photo. And the caption from Darren Ravel was "Photo on JJ Watt's training camp pass looks like he's ready to tackle someone." JJ Watt replied, "That's literally what I get paid to do, Darren." Darren, yeah, (laughs) I'm a big fan of adding the name (laughs) to reply to me. Yeah, and so I was just like Carol, right? So, and that's how I felt reading JJ Watt's reply. I was just like, dude, what a bone! Like, of all the things, you are a writer, you're a sports broadcaster, you've been doing this for a while, so all you did was just comment on his job that he gets paid to do <laughs> you couldn't come up with anything better like he wants to eat children like something funny you couldn't do that no you just literally said he looks like he wants to tackle someone he's a defensive player that's all they do <laughs> that's all they do i hope he is <laughs> yeah right did he switch to offense is he playing quarterback for the texas this right. year I, I don't know something happened <laughs> so that's my worst darren Ravel. you need to be better on twitter man and that's
0: it that
1: is worst damn sports show period thanks for hanging out with us Maybe we'll have Dubs
0: back next week for the 100th episode. We yeah. might have to like figure that out. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. See our new logo and all that stuff. At Where's Dam.